I do want to talk about my baby daddy. What's up, y'all? You know I had to do something for the Tea Time family. I'm not a rapper, by the way. I'm gonna just try to sound cool. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is T. The C to the I-A I used to play Sega Dream back in my day Play your one cause my settings always on play The oldest sibling of my fat mug hey, I'm ready to rumble then proceed without fumble All you other cats are just like the giants in trouble Recorders speak some truth, dispel they lies Relax, sit back and chill cause it's tea time Peace, assalamualaikum, what's up everybody? It's another episode of Tea Time Podcast. You already know, it's your girl Tia, and I'm here with episode four of the podcast. Man, first shout out to everyone who has been awesome and dope in supporting me, in sharing the podcast, in commenting, giving feedback. If you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at Tea Time Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Tea Time Podcast. And leave some feedback on anchor.fm slash Tea Time Podcast. You can leave me some feedback. You can send me a voice message. And I'll use your voice message in the episode. If you want to create a conversation, you want to create listener letters, whatever it is that you want to do, I'm here for you. Um, So thank you. Shout out to everyone who has supported me so far. If you didn't know, now you know. If you click the link in my bio of my Instagram, I actually have merchandise for you to purchase as another way for you to support Tea Time Podcast. I am also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tea Time Podcast. Phew. Now that we got that out the way, let's get into it. All right, so this episode of the podcast, as I mentioned before, I do want to discuss a few things. Number one, uh, pregnancy complication that arose at a doctor's appointment that I had. Number two, a home birth decision. And number three, my baby daddy. (laughs) So let's talk about it. Um, So getting straight into it, I think I want to start with the decision to have a home birth. Now, home birth is not a foreign or alien concept to me because I was born at home. Me and my two younger sisters, we were all born at home. My mom decided consciously to have us at home so that she can be right there with us. She can choose a midwife, somebody that she trusted to deliver us. She could be in a comfortable place at home. She could give birth the way that she wanted to, not on her back, not with epidural, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So home birth was something that I knew I always wanted to do just because I was born at home. It's a more natural way. I do believe that the, the way that, you know, mothers give birth in America, I believe is very capitalistic. I believe that is the medical system in itself is very capitalistic. We'll get in the systems one day, but my thing is if there's a system of white supremacy, then everything that we live in under is involved in that system. So if you say that we live under white supremacy here in the United States of America, well, guess what? That means the educational system is not good for people who are not benefiting from white supremacy. That means the financial system are isn't also not good for those people who don't benefit from white supremacy. And the health system is definitely not good for those people who do not benefit from white supremacy. I'm a black woman, so I am one of those in the box of not benefiting from 
you guessed it, white supremacy. Um, so when it comes to things with my health, health, especially having a child, I always saw myself doing things independently. I always saw myself doing things in a more natural way. So that helped me to make my decision in doing and making a home birth decision, getting a midwife and being able to do something independent and in giving birth to my daughter. Um, so yeah, my mom, she had a home birth with all three of us. I was the firstborn of my family and she gave birth to me. She didn't know what gender I would be. She wanted a boy, came out a girl. I was a tomboy, so I gave her a little bit, you know, <laughs> but she, I, she gave birth to a girl, me. Um, she didn't know what gender I would be until she actually gave birth because she didn't go and get a sonogram. Um, she also had uh, just complications with her placenta after I was born. So I had a very smooth birth. I was healthy. But after I was born, the placenta was just not coming out. So my mom did have to go to the hospital for that. A mid midwife is not qualified to perform the procedures needed in order to get the placenta out. Um, so my mom did have to go to the hospital after giving birth to me. I stayed with my auntie. Um, I believe I was with my aunt. Um, I stayed with her while my mom was in the hospital um, and they, you know, stopped the extra bleeding and things that was going on with her so that she could be safe. Um, so by Allah's grace, she had a successful uh, delivery of me and she was able to successfully get the placenta out with the help from the hospital when she had to be rushed for emergency. So boom, her, uh, I was born, boom. My sisters, she did a home birth, even with that, um, you know, having to go to the hospital, she still decided on a home birth. She had a horrible experience in the hospital with the placenta. It didn't seem like there was much of a procedure in getting the placenta out. It was just kind of like the way that she describes it. Um, so ugh, that sounds pretty sketchy. Um, but, you know, the doctors had to do what they had to do, whatever. Um, but yeah, she decided to continue with home birth. She had my sisters as a home birth as well. They had a smoother deliveries for themselves as well as for the placenta. So she was able to stay home with my sisters. Um, moving on to me, she recorded each and every one of her home births. <laughs> so, uh, I was able to see when I was younger, I was able to see me actually being born. I was able to see my sisters being born as well. Of course, I was around when my sisters were born too in the house. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just already always very family oriented. Um, in my understanding, home birth was family oriented. Home birth was more comfortable. Her home birth is more natural. Um, not taking pain medicine, medicine is natural. Uh, these are concepts that grew into my mind just from my mom's experience deciding to have a home birth. Why would I do something different if it works for her? My thing is also, I don't like pain medicine. Um, I don't like taking that types of stuff if I do not need it. Uh, of course, I'm sure uh, giving birth, I, I've heard many stories from my family and cousins and friends, giving birth is a pain that we have never experienced and will never experience again in life. Um, Minister Farrakhan himself speaks on this. He says, a woman must go through the pain of death in order to give life 
bring life into this world. So I know that it is not going to be a pleasant experience <laughs> giving birth without epidural, giving birth without pain medicine. I understand why women do get it, but I made the decision not to get epidural. I made the decision to take the pain. It's just my belief that if it, it's painful to give birth, our bodies are made for that. So that is a level of pain that as a woman, I am able to take. Naturally, I was born with that ability to take that amount of pain. And my body is born with that ability to handle that type of pressure and handle that pushing and handle those muscle contractions on their own. So I'm very excited for my home birth. Um, I did find a midwife through a um, small network that I had found a midwife. Um, she's pretty dope. She's also Muslim. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. She's really cool. She comes to my house. We have our appointments. We discuss certain things. I'm able to share with her different pains that I may be feeling, different concerns I may have. Um, she even looks out for me in terms of maternity clothes because, man, I don't like wearing pants. <laughs> like, it's hard to wear pants while you're pregnant. I don't know how we do this. Yeah. But anyway, she helps out with a lot. I'm able to ask her any question that may come to mind. Very chill um, appointments that we have. And I do not feel rushed. Let me tell you, in the beginning of my pregnancy, I was going to a gynecologist for appointments. This is before I found my midwife. I was still on the search. Um, but I was going to the gynecologist. And it's like every time I went in for my appointment with the gynecologist, it was in and out. They just wanted to, you know, stick the little thing up me to check my measurements, to check everything, to check the growth. They want to do the sonogram. Um, they just wanted to run down the information of what I can't eat, what I can't eat, da-da-da-da-da. There was no time to ask questions. Um, they asked me if I had questions, but it was like when I asked it, it was a rushed answer. I felt like I was bothering the doctor. And I was like, all right, man, get me out of here. I do not want this. I need a midwife. Um, so definitely made the decision to get a midwife. I had made that decision. Of course, I had to involve my partner. This is not just my decision. So that was an interesting conversation because he had, he doesn't, he's not familiar with a home birth like me. Uh, all he knew was his grandmother was born at home. And when you have a home birth, you don't get a birth certificate because <laughs> his grandmother never had a birth certificate. Um, but, you know, we, we moved on from there and I explained just my experience with home births. I explained how to get a birth certificate. Um, when you are born at home, you don't have to be born in the hospital to get one, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, we worked it out and we decided together that yes, a home birth, especially in the wake of coronavirus, especially in the wake, we knew that there would be a coronavirus vaccine by the time our daughter was born. Um, and with all of that going on, we just decided we wanted to have an independent, natural, at-home birth so that we could be more comfortable. Um, but it's going to be a birth in a bath. So I'm very excited for that. My mom thinks I don't need it. I want to be in water. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot more comfortable. I think it'll be just more soothing to me. I know I'm somebody who loves being in water. It feels good. Um, and to me, it's a little cleaner as well. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, that was my decision for home birth. I just luckily or blessed, I'm blessed to have the experience of being a product of a home birth. And I'm a, I've always been healthy. I've always been good. Um, my mom survived. My mom was healthy. My mom was good. And she was a lot more comfortable. She was a lot calmer at home. She even explained the experience of she had an outer body experience while giving birth to me. Um, I think it was me or one of my sisters. But she had an outer body experience because she was just so focused in on her breath. She wasn't being rushed. It was to her pace. And she had she was just surrounded by love in her own home. So I think that's critical. I think that's important. And I think that's how it should be in my perspective. That's how it should be, because why would it be any other way? <laughs> it's a natural thing for a woman to give birth. So why does it have to be this huge concept? Why is it a huge risk in order to give birth? And that's what hospitals seem to make it. There's always a C-section. There's always the need to use epidural. There's always all of this stuff. Um, but we can't forget that there is money involved in every single process when we go to the hospital. And with my insurance, it's a lot cheaper for me to just do the home birth as well. <laughs> so let's move on. Speaking of the doctor's appointments and gynecologists, I'm not as, um, you know, leave it up to the leave it up to guessing as my mom is. So I wanted to find out me and my partner, we wanted to find out the gender of our child what kind of child we were having. So while we were seeing a midwife, we did go get a prescription just to get a sonogram to see the gender of the baby. So we went to a place that the midwife recommended that was very close to our home um, that we can go to and just get a sonogram. It's the um, at, what secondary something. I forget what it's called. Look, I'm new to this and I don't... Yeah, anyway... It's basically the second trimester sonogram that you get to measure the growth and health of the baby as well as see the gender if you would like to because at that point the genitalia of the child um, is typically grown. Um, so we went in to get the sonogram, just a prescription. So this is we set up a doctor's appointment to go in, get the sonogram, all of that. So... We're t we were just working with the sonologist. We went in, filled out our papers. For some reason, while I'm filling out the paper, it made me very uncomfortable to have to write in my race. <laughs> it was very funny, um, but it made me very uncomfortable to have to write in my race um, at this time. Like it, 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 I stopped on it. I stopped on the question of race, and I was like, why do they ask this? Like, why are they asking me this at a doctor's appointment? I'm not a part of their community. This is not my doctor. Am I being surveyed without permission? Like, why do they take note of this information and they're not telling me what they're using it for? It just popped in my head and then I continued to write that I'm black, da, 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 da. So we go into the sonogram room. Sonologist says, look, you're having a baby girl. And then we're like, ah, cry, cry, cry. Ah, yay, we're happy. And, um, yeah, where the sonologist after taking the sonogram has to then go speak to the doctor. So the doctor can review the sonogram and the doctor basically clears that you're having a healthy baby, da, 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 da. So from what the sonologist said, she didn't see anything, com any complications. Everything was like to the T measurements. Everything my pregnancy has been like you're the right in the middle measurement like you're right on point I guess I got my 
um, menstruation cycle weeks on point <laughs> for that to happen. But um, yeah, the sonologist said we look good. She just has to call the doctor because the doctor wasn't in because of coronavirus. I don't know. But the doctor was basically not in. He was doing something else or had to be somewhere else. But she called the doctor, faxed over or emailed over the son sonogram. And she comes back into the room after we've been waiting for a, f a few minutes. And she says, um, stay calm. The doctor just noticed something. Um, the doctor just noticed something and wants to speak to you two about it. Da, 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 da. So I'm like, all right. Um, like the sonologist just looked like, like relax, just go in there, whatever. So I'm like, all right, um, what does the doctor have to say? Da, 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 da. So we go into the room to speak on a conference call or speak on the phone on speaker with the doctor. All right. So we're sitting down, listening to the doctor. The doctor has a super long intro talking about. Um, I want you to be very calm. It's not a concern. Um, it's not something that is bad, but I want you to be very calm. It's remember again, be very calm because it's not something that is bad. And I'm like, man, just spit it out. What is it that you need to say? So after saying it's not something that is bad, <laughs> this man goes on to explain a choroid plexus cyst. So a choroid plexus cyst is apparently while the brain is developing in the child, sometimes a little bit of water gets trapped or liquid. It wouldn't be water, but a little bit of liquid gets trapped in the brain because the brain basically forms around it. Now, this is something that is normal. This is something that happens in babies. And when there's a, it's a tiny bit of water, then that's okay. That's not a sign of anything. The times when it is an issue is when there's um, not enough development in the baby while they have this choroid plexus cyst. Look it up. Um, and also if, you know, you usually see things like the limbs, the um, hands and feet didn't form correctly on the baby, the um, head is abnormally shaped in the baby. You see all of these things when that choroid plexus cyst is a complication um, or is a sign of a further complication. So what complications can be a, a sign of? So we're sitting there listening and he's telling us, yeah, there's nothing wrong, but your child has a choroid plexus cyst. And he continues to say, so choroid plexus cyst, um, is, he explains that it's, you know, water is trapped in the brain, da, 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 da. And he goes and explains all of these deformities that a child would have in the womb in that sonogram if the choroid plexus cyst was showing that there's an issue. Um, so we're thinking, oh, um, is there like a complication? You just said that the baby is developing normally. You just said that the baby is healthy, heartbeat is healthy, the head is healthy, head shape. So uh, I'm like, we're confused and we're getting frustrated because this man is literally talking in circles for about 15 to 20 minutes. And he is talking, talking, talking. Then he brings up this thing, trisomy 18. So trisomy 18, I'm, I'm like, what is that? I remember something in college when I was studying psychology, like trisomy 
is a chromosome. I know that has something to do with brain development. And I'm thinking, oh, is there a possibility that our child could um, be dealing with mental retardation or deal with, um, uh, yeah, type of retardation because of the core plexus cyst that was found. Um, so I'm connecting dots in my head because of how he's saying it. And he's not really saying anything about the mental state, but he's saying because of the choroplexus cyst, trisomy 18, it's not actually about mental retardation, but it's about the body not developing because of the brain. So the baby won't be able to breathe on his own. The baby um, won't be able to, the nourish, nourishments won't go properly to the baby. And typically when the baby is born, those babies die within two to four months or something like that. They don't live very long. And if they do live long, they're deformed, etc. So um, he's just talking all of this stuff. It's not connecting. It's not connecting dots. I'm getting frustrated. My partner's getting frustrated. And I decided to just Google it right there on the spot while he's talking because he's now I'm getting a little worried. I'm like, is there something wrong? What's happening? What's going on? So I look it up <laughs> and basically a choroid plexus cyst. I read um, in multiple articles is a is a normal thing. It shows up. The trisomy 18, where that fits in, is that when there are complications in the fetus's development with the choroplexus cyst, it usually is a correlation <laughs> with trisomy 18. And trisomy 18 is the, excuse me, y'all. Trisomy 18 is the thing that can cause after the baby is born that they won't live long and there are complications, et cetera, et cetera. You all can look this up. I definitely suggest that you do. If you are looking to be a mother, if you're looking to be a father or you have nieces, nephews, look it up because this is something that could be going, um, you know, information that somebody else has to deal with. So I'm sitting there pissed off because it took me three paragraphs of an article to understand what the hell this doctor is making me worried about because he's talking in circles and I, I come to the realization that maybe this dude doesn't even know what he's talking about he's just told to say this stuff once he finds a choroid plexus cyst so when I knew that I was like you know I was kind of right in my thinking about this doctor um it was when he I was I was at the time I think 22 weeks along and he was like, so what you can do is take a blood test and we can further see, you know, what kind of chromosomes are in there, da, 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 da. And I'm like, why would I take a blood test? What does this mean? Like, is what does this mean for my child? Is my child going to be okay? Da, da, da. Um, he said, you can take a blood test today. We decided not to take a blood test today. And then he also said, I just want you to know the last legal time that you can terminate your pregnancy is at 24 weeks. So I'm hitting, I'm sitting here like, hold up. So you just said I have a completely healthy child. You just said there's this um, water in the brain, a tiny bit. There's not a lot. It's nothing alarming. Like you started with that. You said it's not alarming. It's not a lot. There's a tiny bit. Um, and that's normal. And then you said, but you want to test our blood for the trisomy 18 um, to see if there's um, a connection, which I just read that when there's no deformity in the child and their development, then there is not 
an, an issue or a risk of trisomy 18 most of the time. So all of a sudden we're talking about terminating the pregnancy. And he spoke for a long time on terminating the pregnancy. He was like, yeah, um, you know, just want to stress that the 24th is the, the 24 week period is the last time legally in New Jersey that you can terminate the pregnancy. And I'm looking at my partner. We're just, we're getting pissed off now because my mind went immediately back to the thought that I had when I wrote that I am a black woman. <laughs> when I wrote that I am black, that for some reason, I always fill out things and I say I'm black because that's it's just normal here in America to fill out and put your race on every single form that you do. But for some reason, it stuck out. And this year, I've just been hearing a whole bunch of stories about healthy mothers and healthy babies going into the doctor's office going in to give birth and somebody dies somebody does not come out healthy there's a serious complication or having to go and you have you're very healthy and you're ready to give birth all of a sudden you need a c-section i've been hearing stories and reading stories about this all year even before i knew i was pregnant so once he said that and spoke about termination of my pregnancy with the knowledge that i've gained and with the white supremacist structure that I know surrounds the health system here in America, I was like, all right, we're not taking a blood test. We're not concerned. We're not worried. We will not be doing another follow-up appointment with you. And thank you. <laughs> like, peace out. We don't, we don't need anything else. Like, I found my information from this article. Um, I confirmed with my partner that we're not worried and we no longer want to come back to this office. We have a midwife. And we followed up and just spoke with our midwife about what this choroid plexus cyst is um, and what it could possibly mean, what she suggests, etc. So she actually just delivered <laughs> that week. She had just delivered a baby in um, the town my family lives in. She had just delivered a baby with a choroid plexus cyst and there was no issue with that child. Um, but it was because that child was developing normally when it was found. Um, so the, to my, you know, suspicions and all of that, call me a conspiracy theorist, call me whatever you want to. But I felt and I knew at that moment that the doctor that I had gone to wanted my pregnancy to have a complication. My pregnancy had no complication, but he created an issue. Um, and he made some confident, happy young black parents he made us very worried for a moment. Um, and just like going back to my decision to do a home birth, this is why I wanted to do a home birth. Like these doctors are not here for us as black people. These doctors are not here for us. They want to create complications. I'm healthy. I'm feeling great. My child is healthy. My child is moving and feeling great and all of that. And you're going to bring up something that is normal. It's a normality. It shows up. And you're going to connect it to something that's abnormal and shows up in abnormally forming fetuses and tell me I need to worry about it. That's sick. <laughs> that's sick. You can believe what you want. You can feel how you want about doctors, but that's sick. And that's exactly it kind of gave us more confidence in our decision to do a home birth. But I just thank Allah for the knowledge that I've gained and the, the awareness that we both had because we both knew there was something up. We like communicated with eyesight, giving each other the eye and stuff, and we communicated and we knew there was something off. 
um, with what this doctor was telling us. So moving on, um, I just, you know, I pray all the mothers out there, young black mothers, but every mother, because this happens to all of us women in the hospital as well. Um, you know, I just pray that you have successful and healthy pregnancies and that you have somebody who can help to inform you when the medical system puts themselves first rather than you and your child. Um, which, of course, in a world of money, in a world of capitalism, of course, that's going to happen. Of course, it's possible. So anyway, moving on to my last topic, I do want to talk about my baby daddy because I do love that man. I love my partner. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's been like a wild ride. It's been a wild process with um, my boyfriend and doing everything that we're doing with expecting a child, moving in together, um, learning financially each other, uh, learning how to work together financially, learning how to live together, um, learning how to just keep a clean space learning how to how what ticks us off learning what makes us happy learning when we need space when we don't etc like it's been a wild ride and it's only been a few months <laughs> we've been living together since October it was quick we were all both on like our journeys to try to improve and better ourselves but I think we've had like a really great time at just connecting our movements and connecting um, our, our past. We, we have been working really hard at connecting our past and just being a good unit together, especially for our daughter. So man, shout out to that man. I love him. He's amazing. And he's really shown me what a man is. Like, like I said, I'll get into my, you know, daughter father story i'm gonna get into that in one podcast episode i don't have a great relationship with my father he was not there for me while i was growing up so that evolved into my idea of men that evolved into my idea of who i can trust in this world who i can't trust as well as um what i do want in a man so when i think of my partner it it is wild because i prayed before we came back into each other's lives and it's as if Allah answered a lot of the prayers that I had through him, through him just coming into my life. And the fact that we're not having a child after reconnecting, I think is insane. It's insane, meant to be type stuff. Um, so I'm very excited. I'm very happy for it. And it's, it's like a free fall. It's a nice free fall to learn how to trust a man um, and this didn't all come from just, you know, my partner and my relationship with him. It's been a process in my life. 2020 has been very transformational for me. Um, but when it comes to knowing how to trust a man, when it comes to uh, knowing how to open up to a man, how to express myself to a man and communicate, he has been very instrumental and very helpful um, with me. He's very patient um, as well. I am with him as well. He's told me that I do that for him as well. I'm very patient. We communicate efficiently. We improve our communication when we have to all the time. Um, we take time out for each other, spend time with each other, etc. Um, and this has just been developing and going for over a year. Uh, so this is like, ah, I it's, it's crazy. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned for 2021. Stay tuned for, you know. When I'm a married woman, you know, come soon. Hot for the picking.
<laughs> but um yeah it's just been a wild ride thanks for listening to my stories um definitely wanted to talk about the home birth if that's something that you want to have a conversation about feel free to hit me up you can dm me on tea time podcast on instagram uh you can hit me up on anchor.fm slash tea time podcast leave a voice note leave a message um you can do anything to reach out to me i'm definitely down to speak to anybody about home birth you can also email me at tea time podcast at gmail.com send in any letters that you would like Um, but I'm definitely down to discuss home birth. I'm down to get more in depth about my experience, uh, with that second trimester sonogram when they told me there was a complication that I believe is not, (laughs) um, you could, we could talk about the spiritual awakening that I've had with being pregnant. And we can also just talk about my personal development, having to merge myself with a beautiful man, um, that I do have now, who is the father of my child. Um, so definitely check it out. Definitely excited to share this episode with you all. Um, once again, if you do want to support Tea Time Podcast, the link in my bio on my Instagram has all of the links that you need to support. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube because all of this is being posted on YouTube now as well at Tea Time Podcast. So don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and, you know, like, share, definitely support the podcast shout out to everybody who's been here since day one we're now in season two and i'm trying to go harder i'm trying to make this better for all of you so shout out to you all thank you for tuning in thank you for listening let me know what you think about this episode i'm trying to be more open i'm trying to share more like i said this is a podcast for people who are shy for people who are introverted you might not believe it but that's all me I am shy. I am introverted. I like my space. I do not like opening up to people. However, I do want to give myself a voice. And I know the stories that I have can relate to you. I know the stories that I have can possibly help when I share it. So I I try with this podcast to step out of my box, to be open, to be vulnerable, and to share myself with you to perhaps improve your experience in life. Um, So... Definitely hit me up. Let me know how you're feeling about Tea Time Podcast. And 